Thank you very much for joining me in this video clip. I'm going to share with you three discussion points from the interview I had with Helen, who is the host of Helen Show at EBS. This show is one of the most watched shows in Ethiopia and in the diaspora among Ethiopians. Those of you who understand Amharic, you can go at the bottom of this clip in the description to watch the whole interview. One of the things that we covered in the show was the importance of creating a positive culture. But I want to give you a little bit of background. Culture makes or breaks. If you study civilizations, empires that succeeded, it was because of their culture. And if you study civilizations that stumbled and failed, it was because they couldn't be able to reform their cultures on time. Study organizations who are continually successful even in bad times. They are successful because of their culture. Research showed that successful, continually succeeding organizations, they use their culture, unique culture, as their competitive advantage. Yes, it's great to have great people, technology, resources, but if you don't have the positive, right culture, you won't be able to be successful. You won't sustain your success. Actually, culture for societies is powerful. It's like God, small g. It molds us, shapes us, and at the end of the day, we become <laughs> blind loyals to our culture. We don't question our culture. We do as the culture dictates. Sometimes there are great things, great cultural values in a culture. But there are some cultural values that may be sabotaging that, sabotaging that community, that organization. And we need to reform cultures. Now, let me give you the power, a good analogy to show you the power of culture. When I was a veterinarian, we used to culture. We actually call culture. Culture and harvest microbials. I can have two petri dishes. We call them cultures. Because of the nutrients, the acids, the pH, and the environment that I put these cultures, I can have different microbials, even if I may use the same microbials in these petri dishes. Let's say I'm putting one bacteria on this culture another similar bacteria on the other culture. Because of the difference in the culture, the nutrients, the pH, the acidity, the chemicals that I put, and in the lab, the environment that I create for this culture, which is different than this one, I can have totally different bacteria at the end of the day. For example, I can use the same one bacteria to produce a vaccine, and I can use the same bacteria using another culture to produce a mass destructive biological weapon. The difference? The culture. Here is the question that you and I need to ask. Is our culture producing what we want or not? Because the culture determines the kind of output that we get. We get. If we want prosperity, peace, 
harmony, stuff like that, we need to have a culture that can produce that kind of results. If not, we need to reform our culture. Reforming the culture requires to have the awareness about the, the values that are in that culture and deciding which ones are sabotaging, which ones are promoting the kind of things that we need from that culture. A study shows that two-thirds of chains fail because of culture. Maybe there are some values that are not supporting that change, even sabotaging that change, or there are no values that support that change. Because of that, change may fail. And therefore, if you want to be competitive, successful as an organization or community, you need to make sure that you configure, reconfigure your culture. Maybe I may produce another episode specifically on culture. But for now, what I encourage you to do is if you have a business or organization, use it as your competitive advantage. Use your culture as your competitive advantage. I appreciate cultures, for example, of the US Navy. I appreciate the culture of my own Ethiopian Airlines. I also appreciate the culture like Water Bridge, which is a hedge fund in New York. They have this radical transparency culture. There are many other cultures that are very, very successful. You need to know what kind of unique culture you need to create to become competitive. It's very important. The second discussion point was about, based on my book, the fourth book, The Highest Level of Greatness. Purpose-oriented, vision-centered, values-based greatness. There are a lot of greatnesses. But the most enduring, sustaining, fulfilling greatness, my research showed me is that when the purpose, when the greatness is based on purpose, clarity and core values. The leaders that I studied, the world-class people that I studied, the great ones I studied from different cultures and generations, they have these three things in common. And the question Helen asked me was, is there any connection between this, the highest level of greatness, and positive attitude? Yes, there is. Think about this. If you are a person who believes in greatness, believing that you have the potential, believing that you can become great in your own unique way. It doesn't matter whether people admire you, appreciate you, whether people believe in you or not, but you have the potential. You are the image of God. You have what it takes to become great in your own unique way. Once you figure that out, know your cause. What's your cause? What's your purpose? Why are you here in this world? What's that very reason that released your soul from eternity to time? Once you figure that out, you actually found your unique spot in the universe. I don't see you bowing your head, being depressed, discouraged, negative in your attitude. If you know your purpose, and if your purpose is greater than yourself, in your family. If your purpose is there for that generation, for that community, for that group of people, believe me, the moment you wake up 
in the morning, you're not filled with the stress. You're excited. You cannot wait to serve because you are there for something greater than yourself. Your cause is bigger than ego, appreciations, applauds, profits. It's bigger than that. On top of having your purpose, you should have also clarity. You have to see the end before the beginning. You have to have the emotion that you have already accomplished that purpose. Once you see it, you can be able to realize it. Great ones, they are visionaries. They have seen the end from the beginning. Nothing could be able to stop them. Nothing could be able to distract them. You could be visionary too. The third common thing of the great ones I studied is they have values-based life and leadership and organization which means they figured out their top values that define who they are. Values that protect and promote their cause, their purpose and they were committed to those values. I, I gave us an example, Nelson Mandela. You already know him. He was jailed for 27 years. When he came out, he was so positive. He was smiling. He was 72 years old. Passed through the most worst circumstances a human being passed through, but he was smiling. But people see that smile and they may relate that with him being released from jail. No. Mandela had that positive attitude in prison. Actually, that the same attitude helped him to survive, come out to become the first black president of South Africa. There are many things that are not written in books that were very horrifying things that happened against him. But he had positive attitude. Did you know that they asked him to dig his own grave, putting him down there, and the soldiers peed on him? And do you know that he invited these the same people who peed on him during his inauguration? The prosecutor was looking for death penalty. Unfortunately, he didn't succeed. But Mandela had dinner with this prosecutor who wanted him dead. Because he's a positive person, optimistic person, hopeful person. He was tortured. They've done everything against his family and children and his wife. Practically, they took away everything from him. His youthhood, his love, his relationship, his dignity. But that didn't make him negative, hopeless, pessimistic. Actually, while he was in prison, he was so sure about overcoming this and becoming the first president of South Africa, he shared with his jailmates that he will be the president. You see, he had a cause bigger than 
himself and his family. He sacrificed himself and his family for a bigger generational cause, bigger than himself. And then he had a vision, clarity, regardless of the circumstances and the brutality of the people who were torturing him, mentally, physically. He had also values. He didn't want the domination of whites. He didn't want the domination of blacks. He wanted justice, unity, harmony, and prosperity for his country. He was so value-based that even his, his enemies, his jailers, they trusted him that he would live up to his promises. He will keep his words. They trusted him. They released from the jail, giving him all the power because he was a values-based great one. You have the same potential. I'm just quoting Mandela, but there are a lot of great ones that you appreciate. But you don't need to be a politician like Mandela. Whatever your passion is, for that cause that you have, for the purpose you were born for, be visionary. See the end from the beginning. Outlast setbacks. Have values that going to protect you, that's going to protect, promote your purpose you will become one of the great ones. The third discussion point we had was about positive habits. The first thing I shared with her is that we humans are creatures of habits. Everything that we do is based on our habits. From the time we get up till we go back to sleep we have certain habits we do certain things again and again some of us we succeeded because of some positive habits some of us we couldn't be able to be who we want to be because of our habits show me any successful person any great one i, I will show you that they have certain habits that propel them to become great and successful Show me someone who failed. I can definitely show you some of the habits that contributed for that failure. The question is this. What kind of habits do you have? Some of them are contributing for your success for where you are. Some of them may be dragging you, sabotaging you from going where you're going to be great, world-class in what you do. Study the great ones, the world-class leaders that you admire, and study their habits and develop those habits. Of course, you have to know how habits are formed. And one of the things I shared in the interview was that habits, they are formed in our subconscious mind, in our media and hind brain. This conscious mind, which is the neocortex, where we think, analyze, and so on, it's too much work to always be conscious about certain things, certain performances that you want to do every day. It takes a lot of energy. You have to remind yourself and so on. So if you're conscious about something, it's not yet your habit. You have to remind yourself. You have to inspire yourself to do it. And sometimes you don't do it. Sometimes you do it, which means it's not yet your habit, which means it's not pushed from your unconscious mind into your subconscious mind. 
once it gets there, you don't need to think about it. Think about the time when you just started to drive. You were too conscious about your driving. Now you can just pick the key. You don't even know how you got to your destination. Why? Now it's your habit. Likewise, select those positive habits that are important for your success and then develop those habits. Research shows that habits could be developed in 21 days. Some research says 33 days. Some says, some says 66 days. But in the 66 days, come up with those habits, practice them until they become your second nature. After that, you don't need to think about them. You don't need to be conscious about them. They just happen and they propel you to where you want to be. And one suggestion I had, which helped me a lot, is that there were certain habits that I wanted to really develop, but I didn't like them. What I did was, I put those habits just before or after some of the habits that I already developed, some of the habits that I enjoyed. And because of that, I could be able to develop those habits I was not interested. So if you are passionate about reading books, why don't you schedule one of the habits that you like to develop, which you don't like, before reading a book or after reading a book. If you enjoy going to the gym, why don't you stack one of the habits that you don't like before the gym, another one after the gym, because if you stack them between the, the habits that you are passionate about, chances are there for you to be successful in developing those habits. I can tell you for sure, you cannot outgrow your habits. You cannot become better than your habits. Your habits either make you successful or they may sabotage you. Therefore, take habits seriously, especially if you are a leader, a business person, a community leader. A leader. If you want to be great in what you do, you need the backing of your habits. Otherwise, they're going to sabotage you. It doesn't matter your conscious wish. It doesn't matter how much positive you are in your attitude. It doesn't matter how much positive your culture in your organization, in your community is. If you don't have the right positive habits, you won't be able to deliver what you promise. You won't become what you want to be. I hope these three things inspired you and maybe challenged you to work on yourself, to create the culture that is positive, constructive, and productive, and also to make sure that you choose the highest level of greatness and also develop positive habits. Join me on social media. I share a lot of insights, so stories, and some helpful tips about becoming world-class, turning yourself from underdog to top dog, becoming world-class in what you do. So you don't want to miss those things. I share them regularly. Go there on social media and follow me there. And also use my email, reach out to me. What kind of programs I should really produce for you? What kind of things, what kind of issues that I need to cover so that I could be able to inspire you and empower you to turn yourself from underdog to great, from underdog to top dog, to become world class in what you do. I'm here to serve you. Thank you very much for watching.